Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, I'm glad that you're here with us today. This podcast is all about business, branding, sports, leadership, and of course, how to move the ball. And I'm just going to put it out there that if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice so that you never miss an episode. So today I've got a fantastic guest with us inside the huddle with us today and ready to help us to move the ball is Brandon Bell. Brandon is an American football linebacker who played college football at Penn State, where during his college career, he played in 37 games, had 203 tackles, nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, and three interceptions. And in 2017, Brandon signed with the Cincinnati Bengals as an undrafted free agent. I'm just really excited to have Brandon here talking about his journey and what he's doing beyond football. So Brandon, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for the great introduction there. And uh, thank you for having me, I should say. Yeah, it's great to get you on the show. I know we talked a little bit about it before. And so I'm glad that we're here inside the huddle. And where I want to kick off our conversation today is let's just talk about your football journey. How did you get into the football? When was the first time you picked one up? And more importantly, what was it about football that really you enjoyed, that you were passionate about, that you fell in love with? Yeah, I would say so to start this journey, it started when I was about four, five years old. And I grew up in South Jersey, you know, Atlantic City, Atlantic County area by the beach. If you're familiar, you know, North Jersey is known for its its football powerhouses and, uh, you know, the towns, they shut down for football on Fridays. And it wasn't that wasn't so much the case growing up in South Jersey. So it wasn't that, uh, I guess you, you could say, put in front of me. I have to give uh, the idea all to my big brother. You know, my dad was a basketball guy, so he wasn't really tuned into football, whereas though we grew up watching it, it was all my big brother. He got into it first, and as most little brothers do, they do everything their big brother does. So we have a five-year age gap, and I remember my earliest memories of football are being running around on the uh, Little League field before I was old enough to play because my brother was there. And just running around, playing tag with the other little kids until I was five and I could sign up myself. And then it was it was a wrap at that age. It was it's been from age five to 23, 24 was football every single year. I just fell in love with it. And I guess I don't know why I fell in love with it as a kid. Maybe just the what you see on TV once I did start watching, you know, NFL and college. It, it just, it had everything you needed. I don't know, the physicality, you know, the, the toughness, you get to hit people, but it's also flashy and there's some finesse to it. And I think as a young kid, that's what I gravitated to. And like I said, my brother was doing it, so I was going to do it too. Got it. And as you know, one of the things that I like to talk about on the show are the football parallels to life or the parallels between football 
and life or sports and life. And for me, there are so many lessons that I, like you, got exposed to football very young. I was four, fell in love with the game for different reasons. I didn't suit up. It was a little bit different. There was no physicality, but it was, you know, the flashiness, the finesse, the just intrigueness of what went on on the football field. And that's what got me hooked. And then I started taking all these lessons away from the game that I applied in my own life. So the question that I want to ask you is, as you continued on your football journey, what were some of the things that football taught you to be successful? Oh, man, I, I honestly think I can attest everything that I've been through in life to football. I can relate any situation, I think. But off the top of my head, definitely adversity. You know, I try to teach my nephews this now as they're going through Little League. But, you know, one play goes wrong. Your teammate messes up. You mess up. Interception. You're down by 21, whatever it may be. That's all just adversity. As a kid, you don't, might not see that. But as you get older, that's how life is. Something's going to happen to knock you down on your feet. You're going to feel defeated. But like the game of football, you're going to sit there and give up and cry. No, there's no crying. Get up and play your behind off and see what the outcome uh, holds. But only thing you can control is that you play and do everything that you have to do. And I think definitely that's the major, major number one key for me in relating football to life. It's going through adversity. The game is not going to go how it's played out how you pictured it, uh, unfortunately, but that's life. That is life. Well, I'm glad that you brought up adversity and in your description of it on the football field, you mentioned being down three touchdowns for listeners. When Brandon said that, I was grinning very largely or big grin because that is one of the reasons why I fell in love with football is because I remember those games as a kid in Chicago, watching my team usually be behind by at least a couple touchdowns, sometimes three, and then they would just battle through and come back and focus on each play. And somehow, not always, but there were times when they would come back and they would somehow pull off a win. And I was just fascinated by the fact that, you know, even when you thought that the game was over, now, if you're down three touchdowns and there's two minutes to go, maybe that's a different story, right? But if you still got plenty of playing time, I mean, it's not, it's not over. And the same thing, in our life, and I talk about this in the book, is like it's it's not about where you are at that moment. It's about figuring out what you need to do to overcome whatever obstacles that are facing you. Yeah, and I think when you look back to your life of watching football, playing football, which what games do you remember? It's not the blowouts, right? Tough nail biters coming down to the end. Each team has made plays, made mistakes. Those are the games you remember, and I think I've honestly. Through my career, I've been through, I think, mostly any situation. I've been the underdog. I've been the top dog. I've been blown out. I've made, or not me, myself, but teams I've been on has made major comebacks. You know, those are the ones you remember. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things I was going to say when I hear you saying that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the ones where you overcome so many things to be able to be victorious, whether it's a football game or something in life. Those are the things you remember more because you really earned it and you knew what you had to go through to actually get that outcome, right? And so that's so important. And something that someone told me once, I remember earlier in my career, I was just having a hard time in a role with some people that worked for me and they were not happy because I was so much younger than them. And I remember one of my friends was like, just remember, Jen, that without the bad, the, the good wouldn't be so great. And so same thing 
when you're facing these kind of challenges, right? Like, would it have mattered if you'd won the game if you had been if it had been a blowout? Okay, yeah, you won, but it wouldn't have been as meaningful unless there was some other. It was a playoff game or something, right, on the line. But you remember those things where you really were challenged and had to fight hard and work tougher to be able to get whatever outcome it is that you were looking for. Hundred percent. The other thing that I was going to say: sometimes we do remember the blowouts too though, because there could be instances where it's a meaningful game. And as you know, I'm an Alabama alum. So for me, I like all the blowouts. (laughs) I don't remember every single game, maybe in quite as much detail as the ones where you had to, like, obviously the Alabama-Georgia game a couple years back, right? Like people are going to remember that more than some random game where Alabama blew out a team. Yeah. Yeah. Citadel, one of the, you know, the late in the season games sometimes. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, to your point, though, you remember the things that you really had to work hard to get through versus just the things that came easy. Yes, 100 percent. Once again, you can relate that to life. Try to keep that in mind when I go through things now as an adult. You know, six months from now, you're going to look back and you might be able to laugh about the tough situation or whatever it may be. Absolutely. So let's talk about you playing in college for just a little bit. Talk to us about what your college football experience was like. Oh, man, it was it was everything I could have asked for, to be honest, probably and some. Like I said, I'm from a small town in South Jersey where football was not that big of a deal, you know, unfortunately. And my high school experience, we had some great years, some history making years and some not so good years. So going to Penn State University, oh, man, it was it was honestly a dream come true. You know, on the recruiting visits, they show you around. And they tell you, you know, there's going to be 107,000 fans in this stadium. And it's going to be nationally televised almost every week. As like I said, as a kid where I'm coming from, that was like gold. That was Willy Wonka, the kid in the Willy Wonka chocolate. (laughs) I don't know. But so that I just fell in love with that aspect. All those eyes on on me and the team. My family, our little mantra is kind of like the bells. You know, we like the. We like to show out. It's showtime. When the lights are on and the eyes are on you, that's when we play our best. So I definitely fed into that crowd and, and everything of that nature. And linebacker you, man, all the history that went into it and the greats before me. It's it's awesome. I just had I just took a visit up there two Saturdays ago and checking in on the program, some of my old coaches. It's it's awesome. Penn State is awesome. Obviously I'm biased, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there might be some people that uh, have differing opinions that are listening to the show. So let me ask you this question. As you look back on your college football career, can you tell us about an experience that you had, whether it was in a game, in a practice or something else, where you really like a lesson just kind of clicked in your mind and it's a memory that, that was, I'll say, impactful because you learned so much from it? Oof. Yeah, I mean... I could pick, I can probably pick a moment from any year. Uh, I'll give you two quick ones. The first one was my very first training camp up there in Happy Valley. And man, was it rough. Just joking with a few of my old teammates. You know, I was kind of one of the few freshmen that looked, they looked upon to, you know, kind of make an impact. But to be honest, I don't think I was ready. And that first training camp really kind of whooped my behind. You know, it's just any kids listening to this, High school to college, it's a totally different beast, you know, and that's what it was for me. So I had a very tough training camp, but once again, you know, that adversity, you kind of dig deep and you fight through it and you finish. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, I got past that. 
And I think that just made me realize the work that needed to be done going into my sophomore and moving forward. But that was tough for me. I remember being in tears, coming back to the room to go back to sleep, just thinking like, oh man, is this for me? Like, But, you know, that's what I love about football, the team aspect, guys you can rely on and things of that nature helped me through that. And we had a pretty good year. I had a pretty good year. I wound up starting the very last game against Wisconsin. They were like top six team. We knocked them off in Wisconsin at that. And then another moment I would say is my senior year, you know, finishing it off here. And, you know, I had been talking to some agents because, you know, that that's the time period. And I guess that's when it started to hit. Like, wow, I can, I can really be at the next level this time next year. And I don't want to say I got a big head because I'm a pretty humble kid, but I think I lost sight of the mission, which is to be a good, you know, win football games at that time kind of looking too far ahead. And if you look back onto that 2016 season, Penn State did not start off too hot. And I got injured on top of that, a few other key players. And I think that just all the more humbled me into realizing that you have to focus, like you have to be where your feet are. And uh, a lot of people say that now, and I think I learned that then. I can't worry about this, worry about that. As I'm sitting on the sideline injured, all I can worry about and focus on is rehabbing the best I can to get back and play the game that I love. And when I really focused and honed in on just that, doing what I can control, you know, came back, had a successful season as a team, as a whole, myself. And, uh, you know, there's no regrets on that. So I think that's two moments I could point out out of, out of a few. Joe, I appreciate you sharing. Both of those moments, and you're right, I mean, it's focusing on what you can control is absolutely important. I feel like, especially as we've gone through this last year and a half of unprecedented times, uncertainty, chaos, and other emotions, I feel like it's easy for people to get distracted and caught up in all the noise instead of focusing on the things that they can control and handling their business and what they need to do so that they can continue to move forward and work on whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. Yeah, 100%. So let's talk about when you went into the NFL, signed as an undrafted free agent. College is very different than high school, as you already mentioned, especially going to Penn State versus coming from a smaller city, a smaller town in New Jersey. The NFL is very different than college in certain regards as well. Speed of the game is different. You have, I mean, you're playing with the best of the best. What else would you add to that that you say was eye-opening for you as you went to the league? Yeah, for me, I would say the fact that it's a job, you know, and you don't want to look at it like that because you're doing something you love. But as far as just how the structure is different from college, where in college, you know, pretty much the, either the, the strength staff or the University itself has you for about majority of the day, and then you get your free time to do whatever it may be. But you know, in the league, it's you got to be here by this time, and and this time you kind of clock out, and that was kind of a different adjustment because you got to think you're coming from being an 18 to 24, 23 year old where you spend, like I said, majority majority of your time with these people especially your roommates, maybe three, four guys every day, almost 12 hours you're with these people to, you know, it's different. I'm going to go home 
clock in, clock out, go home, play video games. And my locker mate next to me is going to go home and change diapers and watch his four kids. And it's just kind of a different view on how how everyone's life kind of merges in one building, I guess. And that kind of, I don't know, that was different to me. I didn't know to expect that. And some other things, just as far as how the building goes, it's you handle your own business. You know, there's not people on top of you telling you to do this, do that, do this. It's you're a pro. You're an adult. You handle it how you feel you should handle it. And everyone kind of moves that way. So I do ask this question, not with every single player, but on time and time I ask them and no one has ever mentioned about how people go home and they have different responsibilities. So I think that's an interesting perspective that you shared from your experience or the thing that you kind of observed that uh, other people don't tend to, to talk about. What I hear a lot about is how replaceable you are. They do talk about how it's a business. And I'll say just myself from being in the sports world over the last few years, I've definitely come to see how it is a business versus when you're just a fan and you're just watching games and, and you know, getting excited for the draft or, you know, getting ready for a preseason. And then the season is, it is very different because the NFL is just like any sporting industry or any professional sports. It's a business. It's not just people show up and they play football. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You learned that fairly quickly, you know, uh, just talking to you know, my girlfriend about her job, you know, there's changes going around all throughout the country and, you know, revolving door, they call it. And I kind of give it to her in football terms. It's just, hey, I mean, someone's got to lose and someone's got to win. You know, it's sad that someone is losing their job, but at the other end of it, someone is getting a new opportunity. And that happens in football every single day. It's part of the business. And it's it's tough, but I don't know. From my mind, from a football, for an athlete's vision, it's, it's part of the game. It's what you sign up for. Right. And I think, too, I mean, there's some goodness. I mean, yeah, I mean, it can be cutthroat and, you know, you can get, as you know, I mean, you can get waved or cut in an instant. I think that there's a couple of things that it teaches you, too. One is to stay competitive, to handle your business, to re- you realize that you are replaceable. And so the possibility for complacency that isn't there because if you're not performing, you're gone. In the corporate world, in many circumstances, if you don't perform well, you have a performance review and there's coaching and there's a performance improvement plan. You know what I mean? It's just, it's very, it's so easy to get comfortable. You know, I mean, there, there's obviously high performers in organizations and then there's people that are middle of the pack and then there's people that are not so great. In professional sports, those not so great aren't going to be there for very long and the mediocre ones might not either. So it, it forces you to, it forces you to really you know, remain focused on your craft, to handle your business, to do, to show up and handle the things that you need to do on a daily basis so that you can continue to have that spot. Because if you don't, then it's gone. And I think that's something that in the, in the corporate world, people, like I said, lose sight of, but the ones that continue to advance and excel are the ones that don't lose sight of, while there's not necessarily someone that's going to take your job tomorrow, the way for you to advance is by getting better, right? Getting more experience, doing more things so that you can continue to either climb up if that's your goal or, you know, just take on other great assignments that you find to be interesting. Yes. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So as you look back upon your time in the league, any thoughts that you have that you would share? I mean, I've got a number of, of folks that listen to the show that are players in the league as well as guys that are in college. Any advice that you have to those young players? 
I would say kind of, I guess, piggybacking what I, what I said earlier is, you know, be where your feet are. Going back into the fact that, you know, we all know it's a business and that may be different from coming up from the college ranks. It's easy to get caught up in that. And at the end of the day, you have to be where your feet are, whether it's in the meeting room, on the field and handling your business, whatever that may be. And I think that's that's where it's easy to kind of lose focus on things. Even when you know you're ultra focused, having your mind come off the track a little bit at that high of a level, it's it's high stakes. So I think I would say that and just, you know, you're a professional at that point. Going back off, you know, coming from college, some kids, I think, sometimes you hear these crazy stories or unfortunate stories of guys. And I think it just comes with a little bit of maturity and knowing that, you know, this isn't college where you might get a slap on the wrist, suspended or something like that. You could That could be your, your door out of it. And just to know that you're a professional, you know, you have a job to do just like anyone else. And like you said, it's, it could all be taken away. Absolutely. And so as you look to your next journey, so you're out of the league. I know we've talked before about how, well, first let's talk about what are you doing now? And then I know what we want, we're going to talk about where you want to go. So let's talk about what are you doing now first? Right now I'm working for the U.S. government and it's a good job, but it's tough when you finish football and that this is another key part of what you learn from football and adversity. You know, it's tough when uh, that well dries up a little bit. But like football has taught me, you got to get up, get on your feet and and move forward no matter what it is. So that's kind of where I am now. And I'm working for the government, but it's not it's not exactly what I want to do. I think I want to be involved with football, honestly. And it's tough when you get done because it's like a slap in the face is a nasty taste. No matter how you finish, no player, rarely many players finish how they want to finish. But so it's a little nasty taste what there was. And once you get over that, you realize it's still the game you love. It's giving you so much and it still has opportunity to give you more. Just, you know, in a different capacity, what you might have originally planned. And, you know, that's football. The game plan isn't always going to go how it is, but. Got to roll with the punches. Sure. So talk to us a little bit more about what uh, what you're thinking about is next for you in terms of being around football. Yes, I'm, so I'm more so thinking about sports media. Although, you know, like I said, I just took a visit back to my alma mater. And anyone that knows me, they know me as a leader, you know, a very personable guy, a good guy. So there's been a lot of coaching chirps. You know, people ask me when I'm going to start that. And I don't know yet. I don't know. That's always always in the back of my mind, but right now I want to journey off into something different, I think, which would be the sports media or media world industry. So that's where my focus is now, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, football is always, it's always near and dear to my heart, and it's, it's, it's natural at this point. Yeah, I think that uh, you can you can hear that in just you talking. Obviously, you played the game at the highest level. So, yes, it, it's going to be something that uh, is always going to be important. I mean, there are some guys that were like, well, I really didn't like the game. And you yeah. know, I don't love football. But for the most part, most people tend to love football if you've played in the league. And so, and I mean, for me, obviously, I didn't play in the league or play football at all. But I've always been one of those people that has loved the game on the sideline. 
so to speak. And so whenever I talk about football or things that I'm doing in the football space now, you can just hear the difference in the energy in my voice versus other non-sports related work that I do. (laughs) So I totally feel you there when it comes to, you know, being closer to the the game and wanting to be closer to the game. So what I want to do now, I'm going to take you through my two minute drill, but I'm going to ask you one other question first. When you look back on playing football, what was the game that meant the most to you? For me, it would definitely be, I have a a 1A answer and a 1B answer, but definitely would be the Big Ten Championship. You know, Penn State, we won it 2016. And aside from obviously it being a championship game, it was big for me because me personally in my class and the class above me, some of those guys, as we all know, Penn State went through, you know, some turmoil, to say the least. And my class, we came in, you know, directly into the storm, you could say. Uh, the classes before me, they were there when the storm hit and the guys had a choice to stay or leave and those guys stayed. And that's why I include them. But my class, you know, guys, you know, we were no slouches. We had offers to go elsewhere all around the country and the guys chose to I think we all, at a young age, we all kind of were on the same frequency as this is the place where we want to be, where we think we can accomplish everything we want at any other university. And the Big Ten Championship was the pinnacle of that because, you know, we did it. That was the cap on the iceberg. And it kind of just solidified Penn State being a place where kids want to be now. Obviously, it was a little dark time. It was like, I don't know about going over there. And now I think we helped in, you know, making Penn State, you know, we just brought it back to the prestige that it always should have had. So that was a big, t- big thing for me. And honestly, just winning a championship. I think that was my first one. High school, we got there, lost. College, that was it. NFL, no. <laughs> the one B answer would be my first NFL game, you know, just touching the field when it counts. Obviously, that was the, I try not to lose sight of it, but you can only play at a certain level in football. That's the highest level. And so that first game I got to touch the field was definitely a memory. And honestly, every other game after that as well, but definitely those two. I was chuckling when you said that you didn't win a Super Bowl in uh, the NFL. You know, there are a lot of people that are hoping for one this year with Cincinnati, with Joe and uh, Jamar being back together in the talent. So Tuned in for sure. Yeah, I I hear from friends of mine that are in Cincinnati, agents of mine that are based there, or friend agents, friends of mine that are there. That uh, the town is going nuts about uh, this year. So we'll see. It should be an interesting year. Cincinnati is one of those teams that uh, you kind of want to pull for them as long as they're not playing your team. (laughs) And so (laughs) they will play my team in September. I forget. I was talking with a a Bengals guy the other day about the date and I forgot now what it was, but, but they are playing in Chicago. So aside from that game, I'll be pulling for them to, to have a decent season. What's the feel in Chicago this year? We are pretty excited, pretty excited with Justin, obviously coming on board and uh, some other talent and And Andy, they said Andy will start. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Andy is going to be the starter. So it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see when Justin gets to hit the field on game day. Definitely looking forward to uh, 
to seeing the season. And then hopefully we won't have the same reaction that we usually do a few games into the season, which is maybe next year. So <laughs> I'm hoping that we have a different, a different vibe and uh, we'll see, we'll see, but that's football. I mean, you just never know kind of where things will go. I mean, even the bears, they were doing well at the beginning of last year and then things just kind of went the other way. But yeah, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I'm really getting excited for football to come back and see teams suit up and show up and move the ball on game day. Yes, as am I. So what I want to do now is walk you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. The first question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? Easy. NFL player. Okay. It's been football, football, football since, like I said, four. Got it. How about who would play you in a movie about your life? You see, now this one was tough. I really had to do some soul searching, some research. But I would say there's a young actor and he was in the show Lovecraft Country. He's a star of that. His name is Jonathan Majors. And I just like him. The few things I've seen him in so far, he's done very well. And I like his, uh, I don't know, I like his energy. So I would say Jonathan Majors, you know, look him up. He's not he's not a household name yet, but I think he will be. Okay. How about what is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, my favorite vacation spot. I can't say I have too many to pick off of. So I'll go with the most recent one. Me and my uh my lovely girlfriend went to uh St. Martin and St. Barth's area. And that was beautiful and that's something I look to do you know a lot more often. Just getting even if it's in the country, just places I've never been before and Gaining new experiences. Nice. How about my next question is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, when it comes to ice cream, I'm pretty basic. I am just a vanilla guy. Maybe some Jimmy's on there. But these days, I'm kind of, doesn't agree with my uh, my stomach too often. So I don't, I don't visit that, uh, that, those parlors anymore. <laughs> okay. Next question is, what is a pet peeve of yours? I think I have a few, but I'll stick with, Dirty bathroom floors. I can't stand mm. it. And, that, and that's a tough one playing football your whole yes. life. So I got to have the flip-flops. If my bare feet touch that floor, I, I'm skeeved out for the rest of the day. I feel you. Okay. How about my next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? Okay. Book, I will say right now, I'm into a, it's a Dean Koontz book. It's called Intensity. I'm a... I'm a complete, you know, thriller, horror type of type of fanatic or fan. And I listen to some of those podcasts as well. The podcast, I would say there's a there's a young group it's called the Need to Know podcast. And th- those are guys I'm listening to right now. I kind of go back and forth between I'm heavy on music or I'm heavy on podcasts, you know, when I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a month to month flip flop. Gotcha. All right. My next question, last question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I would invite, I would invite Kobe Bryant. Uh, rest in peace. I honestly would like to see the side of Kobe Bryant, you know, the average fans, you know, we didn't see, which was the intense, you know, always on, locked in, Black Mama, uh, Kobe. So I'd like to see his, you know, laid back, funny side a little bit, which I think we've seen a little bit in retirement. Mm-hmm. But then I would invite, I would invite Ocho Cinco, Chad. He's a funny guy. And I think on the opposite of Kobe, I think we always see who he really is, no matter what. So Chad Johnson, 
And I would invite Kanye West because he's my favorite artist. And I think he would have some very interesting conversations for sure. Gotcha. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's three three uh, interesting people to have in a different party. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Brandon, as we look to close the show, tell people, how can they keep apprised of your journey? Are you on social media? Uh, yes, yes. You can find me uh, social media underscore underscore B-B-E-L-L. And that's what most people call me is B-Bell, Brandon Bell. So uh, you can find me on everything at that. Okay. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been amazing talking with you. No, thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to keeping up with your journey as well. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's show. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.